Alhamdulillah, we are in the blessed Mubarak month of Ramadan. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to complete Ramadan with all the ibadat and all the du'as, the dhikr, the recitation of the Qur'an, listen to the Qur'an. Uh, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept all that we do and give us more, inshallah. This month is a huge month for the distribution of Allah's Rahmah. Allah's Rahmah is always here. But we need the power, we need the ability to access Allah's Rahmah. So now the Quran and the Sunnah, they inform us of how we can access this Rahmah. It's always here floating above the heaven. But if you want to meet Allah's Rahmah, you need to do something. Even if you want to fly a small little airplane, you need some force, you need energy. If you want to fly a bigger plane, you need more force, more energy. And if you want to fly a rocket, you need rocket fuel and everything else that goes with it. So actions, they are lifted to the heavens through Allah's fadl. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself says, that the good deed Allah raises the good deed. So we must do deeds, but they must be good. So what entails goodness in a deed, in an action? And what propels actions to go even further and higher? As the Prophet said, that salat by its nature is a stairway for the believer. You can climb it and go towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But how do you do that? What do you need? What are the prerequisites in order for us to say that Allah has accepted our action? So in this blessed month of Ramadan, the whole of Ramadan gives us access to the heavens. The whole of Ramadan, 24-7. Any action we do in Ramadan is automatically lifted to the heavens. Automatically. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's rahmah comes very close to everybody who fasts and everybody who does Quran and all the good deeds, sadaqah, zakat, khairat, helping people, making dua. All of these good actions are automatically lifted in Ramadan in such a way that they're not lifted in other months. So this is the fadl of Allah, that Allah's rahmah comes down very, very close to this heaven as it does every morning. As the Prophet wasallam says, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala comes down to the lowest heaven every morning at the time of tahajjud, at the time of suhoor. Allah comes down and then he announces 
Is there anyone who seeks forgiveness so I can forgive him? Is there anyone who needs help so I can help him? Is there anyone who needs risk so I can give him risk? This Allah announces every day throughout the year. Every day. But in Ramadan is every moment. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's rahmah is very close to us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself in the rahmatullah. Those who do good deeds, Allah's rahmah is very close to them. So the issue is not that Allah is not close, Allah is always close. Allah is always close. Allah is closer to you than your own jugular vein. The issue is we're not close to Allah. So Ramadan is the ideal month in which we are automatically close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, regardless of who we are and what we do. So in Ramadan, we should do actions that propel us even further and even higher. But for that, we have to get a few things right. The first is the niyyah. That the niyyah must be of ikhlas, of pleasing Allah and not showing other people. If we fast, we're fasting because we please Allah. Not because it's a culture, that we have a Muslim culture. And if you fast because of a culture, I mean, inshallah, your fast hopefully will be accepted. But it's not the niyyah you need in order to lift your action further into the heavens and towards Allah subhanahu So your niyyah has to be pure. It has to be mukhlis. It has to be ikhlas. Sincerity in your niyyah. The only reason I'm fasting is to please Allah. Because Allah is the only one who really knows whether I'm fasting or not. Only Allah knows and you know. And that's why the sincerity is there in the action by design. But sometimes people fail and they fast because they have to show someone or because they want to be cool or because it's a culture or because they just want to fast for the heck of it. So the niyyah has to be pure with every action. So even with uh, the Qur'an, reciting the Qur'an, even with your tahajjud, even with your dua, even with your taraweeh, the niyyah must be pure. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala only accepts pure actions. So the purity is the most important thing because that's the base. That's your launching pad. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will allow you now to launch your action if you have ikhlas. If you don't have ikhlas, the action doesn't take off. And secondly, which is just as important, is that the mechanics of the action has to be correct. Are we doing this the correct way, the way the Prophet ﷺ either did it or he wanted us to do it? Just say your wudu has to be correct. Meaning, excuse the, the term I'm using, our actions have to be Islamically compliant. So Islamically compliant actions are needed for Muslims. Are our actions in line with the sunnah of the Prophet Is it in line with uh, what the ulama say is part of fiqh? So that knowledge is necessary. And then you have to perform the action that is our fasting the way it's supposed to be. There's the mechanical, the legal, and then the spiritual. The spiritual element is just as important. That if during our fast we waste time, we fool around, we gossip, we backbite, we do things that we're not supposed to do anyway. But when you're fasting, that decreases the value of your fast. As a lady 
came to the Prophet وسلم, and said, Ya Rasulullah, I'm feeling very uncomfortable. I'm very uncomfortable. So the Prophet وسلم, being guided by Allah and by Wahi, now he sees that there's a problem here, not with the way she's fasting, meaning the mechanics, but in what she's doing. So now as a mu'jizah of the Prophet وسلم, he tells some of the Sahaba to bring a bowl. And when the bowl is brought, he asks the lady to vomit in the bowl. And when she vomits, there's a piece of human flesh, piece of flesh in there. Not human, just flesh. So the Prophet starts from here. This is the reason why, why you are uncomfortable. That you have backbited. And this is the result of your backbiting. Now, this is all mu'ajizah. This is for the Prophet ﷺ to lead the ummah and show the ummah that this is the spirit of fasting you should have. And it is also tazkiyah for the sahabiyah that the Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses the sahaba to show other people, other Muslims that they, are, that they are the role model. So now, she felt it. The Prophet ﷺ saw it. She vomited it, and then the Prophet said that if you backbite while you're fasting, this is what happens. You're uncomfortable. Your reward is gone. So making sure that we fast, not just by abstaining from food and drink, but also from abstaining from using the tongue the wrong way. This tongue okay, is like a double-edged sword. It can either lead you to Jannah, or it can send you to hell. If you say good things, it will lead you to Jannah. And if you say nasty things about people and to people, it won't lead you to Jannah, it will lead you to the other place. So maintaining, safeguarding, making sure the tongue is also fasting is part of the goodness in the action. If you don't maintain and control your tongue, there's no goodness in your fasting. You're just there, hungry and thirsty, as the Prophet ﷺ said. So many people fast, and they have no benefit from their fast except to stay hungry and thirsty. This is what the Prophet ﷺ says. Meaning that we have to maintain an order, a discipline. We have to be dedicated to the fast. Not just staying away from food and drink, which alhamdulillah is a good thing. And that's also a miracle of this ummah of the, of the Prophet We do this every year for one month without fail. And we don't you know, whine about it. We don't complain about it. This is a miracle. This is a sign of guidance from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But the most important thing that is to maintain the spirit of fasting. That you're not harming anyone else. As the Prophet said, Al-Muslimun, Man salim al-Muslimun min lisanihi wa yadihi. The Muslim, his moral character is that every other Muslim is safe from his hands and from his tongue. Muslims don't do harm. They don't harm people. They don't harm Allah's creation. That's a normal rule for every Muslim. But in fasting, is that accentuated? It's a thousand times worse if you do things in fasting. Meaning that, as the Prophet said, okay, you're not going to eat, you're not going to drink. 
But you'll be in trouble if you are not dedicated to the fast and if you don't understand that it is the ikhlas with the spirit that's going to raise and lift your action to the heavens where Allah can accept it, where the angels can accept it. So this is now what we believe that Muslims, alhamdulillah, they do all these wonderful things in Ramadan, may Allah accept. But if we do fail, if we fail in this, now sometimes wasting time, okay. But hurting people, and having an evil intent for other people, that's not Islam. So we have to stay away from that. So the best way to stay away from that is to stay away from gossip, period. Neither the fast of Maryam, that when she delivered Isa, she came into the people with the baby. And everybody's asking where you get the baby from. So she pointed and she told them that I am fasting. Inni asumu li Rahman. That I am fasting for the Rahman. But that fasting was not fasting from food and drink because she had to nurse the baby. They had been counterproductive. So the fasting there, the ulama say, was fasting of the tongue. So that I'm not speaking to any human. I'm not speaking. So part of fasting originally was not to speak. This ummah is now blessed because the Prophet allowed us to speak. But he didn't allow us to backbite. He didn't allow us to be nasty. He didn't allow us to be evil. So on your social media, wherever you make comments, make sure you don't nullify the effect and the sincerity and the purity of your fast by saying something stupid, by hurting somebody, by backbiting, by being evil. This has to be maintained if the collective, the collective ibadah of this ummah is accepted. Everybody's action has an impact on everybody else's action. This is what we call the collective order. So you have an individual order where you just think about yourself. But in Islam, whether you like it or not, your actions has an impact on everybody else's actions. What you do impacts other people by design and by definition. You can't argue that. So if you don't do salah, don't believe that it's going to impact you only. No, it's going to impact your people in the house. It's going to impact your neighborhood. It's going to impact the ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So now, instead of being selfish and falsely assume, is my action no big deal? Nobody else's business. It is other people's business if you're part of this ummah. This is how the ummah is constructed according to the Prophet sallallahu the Prophet said, the example of my ummah in their mutual compassion and concern is like of one body. So if one part of the body is impacted, it's going to impact the other part of the body. One limb can't isolate itself and say, uh, never mind, the other part of the body will be okay. No, it won't be okay. It's all interconnected. It's all interdependent. So your actions impact other people. Whether you know it or not, 
So while we're fasting, and this is the best month in which to develop this, this level of ikhlas, sincerity, and purity, where you don't mean any harm, you don't do harm, you don't impact your salvation and the salvation of other people. We're all on the same boat. Again, another example of the Prophet He said that our ummah is like a boat with two tiers, upper deck and lower deck. You, what you do up there impacts people down there. And what people do down there impacts people who are up there. We're all interconnected. So this isolationism that has creeped in because we live here and because this culture and this civilization only allows you to think about you selfishly, where the Prophet came to bind the Ummah together and said, no, you're all connected. Your actions impact other people. This is the best month. That we can say, no, alhamdulillah, we will make dua for each other. We will give sadqah to each other. We will give zakat to each other. We'll fast together. We'll do iftar together. We'll do tarawih together. But what's the catch? The catch is no harm. Do no harm. You don't hurt any other Muslim, nor any other human being. This is the way of Islam, and this is what fasting teaches us. So in this spirit, inshallah, we will make God, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, guide us and give us tawfiq to do what pleases him the most. Ameen, ya rabbal alameen.